man, what a great day to be an Eagle. Mercy. All right, Eagle Nation, the Clay Helton era of Georgia Southern football kicks off with a win. Um, you know, the fact that we won, I guess, not that surprising against FCS opponent Morgan State um, out of the MEAC. Uh, but, you know, how we won um, and, and certainly plenty to talk about with the details of the game and that 59-7 to win um, against the Morgan State Bears. So Matt here with you. Um, Cody is here on the other line. Um What's going on, Cody? Nothing. Um, excited to see this era of Eagle football begin. Um, it's been a long 10 months since he's been hired. And it is, um, I think it's great to finally see the product on the field. I hope most fans at this point are like I am, which is ecstatic and and excited to see what will happen the rest of the season. Um, but no, I think, I think the way things turned out on Saturday... Uh, not the fastest of starts, obviously. That's been said from the head coach to anybody giving an opinion on this game. But uh, certainly the way we ended was exactly how what we wanted to see. So, no, I think it's we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Saturday. But uh, my impression is, is very much uh, this is what I expected. This is what I was hoping for, and it was great to see. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, let's jump jump right into it. So, like you said, not the not the fastest of starts. Uh, you know, Cody, you uh, attended the game, right? I mean, you're, you're yes. a state for resident, yes. you're season ticket holder. Um, I'm here in Colorado, so um, I of course watched it on uh, ESPN three, um, <clears throat> and uh, and also in the process of moving, still within the state of Colorado. But yeah, lot lot going on. Um, but I watched it on TV. You watched it um, in person. You did miss uh, that first drive and. You know, I think that's what what you know I was freaking out a little bit about. Um, and and you know, we we texted throughout the game back and forth. Um, like you said, not the fastest of starts. We have you know the three and out. We uh, win the coin toss, get the ball, <clears throat> um, have the quick three and out. Um, three straight passes, three straight incompletions. Uh, most of them just weren't even close. Um, just nothing seemed to be clicking. There was like a uh, one, either the first or second pass, um, uh, obviously a miscommunication on the route. Um, just looked bad, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, not, not, um, not getting or having a three and out to kick off kind of the Clay Helton era certainly sent, uh, you know, the Twitter universe, um, I, you know, on fire. And then of course, uh, you know, uh, Morgan State has um, not really like a, a, a drive, but I mean they're they're able to move the ball a little bit um, <clears throat> on that first drive. Um, you know, uh, crank off some runs there, and then we also uh, don't do anything on the second drive uh, either. We of course have the um, the interception, <clears throat> really probably the only play of the game I would say where um, ample pressure was put on uh, Calvin Treese, right? Um, yep. Kind of gets hit there from behind, um, throws the pick six. That was Morgan State's only score of the game. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, once we get to that point, it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, uh, you know, I tweeted out that, you know, the your um, – you know, got talks host are kind of split <laughs> on optimism at that point. Um, cause it was looking really bad from, from my, uh, perspective, you know, um, <clears throat> seven, seven there in the second quarter, um, we get things rolling a little bit to go up 17, seven at the half. Um, but still just not feeling great about it. Cody, you never really lost hope there, right? Yeah. No. Like your, your optimism was high from the start. We're texting back and forth and you make a claim. You say, we'll be fine. We're going to win by 50 points. And I mean, you know, dog guard it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were right. You know? So like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take that and admit that. Um, but yeah, I guess just talk me through kind of your headspace of like why you weren't ready to hit the panic button. Yeah. So I had watched this, the, one of the, practices or scrimmages and one of the early practices like the fourth or fifth practice earlier in fall camp and you know you get a rough sense of what the offense is going to look like 
And I know that we had done our last preview show. I didn't quite feel right in terms of what our analysis was because it was still kind of just bland, right? We were still like, we just got to wait and see. So I went back and looked and Western Kentucky apparently has their version of Captain Clack on YouTube and he has all Western Kentucky's games on YouTube. You can go back and look as far as what you want. And I watched pretty much the entire 2021 season of them as well as a couple games from 2019 and 2020 to kind of see what the difference was and what happened in the two seasons that Ellis was the OC and then obviously the 2021 season when he was the quote-unquote co-OC and uh, the um, Houston Baptist OC came in. And our offense looked in the scrimmage and in the practice looks very, very similar to what 2021 Western Kentucky was running. High tempo, up pace, a lot of scoring, um, very exciting offense to watch. And so with that being said, I kind of, Matt and I had been texting before the game, and I kind of started getting more optimistic as about the season and letting them know, hey, I think we're going to be okay. Um, and so the way that we started out is kind of very typical of a Western Kentucky team started out last year. They would start off slow for the most part, uh, and as long as they didn't get down big, they would win the game. And if you look at their five losses, they would get down by large margins. You look at when they played Michigan State, when they played UTSA both times, uh, and when they played Indiana. And we'll, I'll bring up the Indiana later on when we start previewing Nebraska because I think that's going to be a big foreshadowing of what could happen this weekend. Um, this looked very typical. Yep, it was started off slow. Why, why do you think that is, though? Why do you think I that think is? it just I takes, mean, obviously, it takes a, like, a series or two yeah. to get into a rhythm. Um, I mean, Bailey Zappi didn't always come out there on fire, guns blazing, going up and down the field. I think it took sure. him, and I think it's the same thing with Kyle Vantrese. You know, it's been a year since he's actually been in a game. Um, it is still a completely new staff. This is all their first time working together in a, in a game setting. Um, sure. It's these receivers, the line, the communication – the crowd noise, there's actually a real crowd there. Um, and so I think it's jitters. I think it's anxiousness. I think it is trying to probably be too perfect on those first couple of drives. And right. then once when you finally realize, okay, I'm in the game, it's just it's just a football game, then that's when I think you see the offense starting to get a little bit more in a groove. And, you know, we get the we get the ricochet bounce, you know, back to OJ Arnold for the first touchdown. And you see, yeah. you see, even in the second drive, there was kind of progress. You know, you had the big play to Burgess. You had the next big play to Bo Johnson. Um, you know, and then the, the series kind of stalled a little bit, but it, you kind of saw it was going in the direction that it should be going. And with that, I was like, you know what? They're, they're where they need to be. Once when they start actually clicking, this is going to get rolling. And yeah. I think... At the end of the first half, Kyle Vantrese had 13 incompletions. He was like 17 for 30, I think. He only finished the game with four, uh, 17 incompletions. He only had four incompletions in the second half of that ball game. Yeah. If he hits his receivers and they get in rhythm, they go, we're going to score points. You saw that. Um, like I said, I did. Like what I saw was there was no need to panic. I think this is where they want. They'll improve as the season goes on. This will get That's better. what I was going to say. I mean, like, right, because yeah. it's not necessarily a requirement. I mean, there, there's plenty of teams that come out of the gate hot, uh, you know, and, and yeah. like you're, yeah. you're not always going to have a, a three and out to start the game on the first drive. But like, yeah, so I, I think that's probably what people are wondering, um, <clears throat> you know, is, is this something that, okay, it was – uh, it was inherent of Western Kentucky and maybe it's just a product of, and like all those other factors that you said, absolutely true of like, you know, new offense, uh, new personnels, new kind of, um, uh, trying to feel each other out, all of that. Um, but like Western Kentucky, they didn't have maybe quite all of that. Maybe they're not going to have the same level of jitters, um, but they did, uh, you know, start slow. So maybe that's just like a product of yeah, the system. It, I think it's, um, it, can, it can be a product yeah. of the system because you're like, you tweeted it out up tempo you know if it's going great yeah. it's it's fantastic but if it's not you're going three and out you're gonna you know get off the field pretty quickly and you're not gonna be successful in offense but uh, you know I think that's just kind of how it is I hate to say it and I think that's why coach Helton has been so st stressing the point so much that fast starts fast starts fast starts because if we get up on opponents in the first second quarter 14 17 nothing well 
not only is that good for us in terms of the offense clicking and being a will to wheel machine, but it makes our defense a lot easier because teams are going to have to probably abandon the it run. It takes pressure, yeah. And they're going to have to feel like they're going to have to match us throwing the ball. Well, that makes uh, Coach Harris's job on defense a whole lot easier at that point. He can dial up blitzes. Yeah. He can drop eight back. Whatever he wants to do at that point, it's, it's game on. And when you can reduce a, the opponent to being one-dimensional, well, that just is just gravy. I mean, that's just going to make – winning football games easy at that point yeah for sure so yeah Calvin Trees uh finishes uh, 29 for 46 367 yards um four touchdowns one interception um he uh was the sixth Georgia Southern quarterback uh to pass for more than 300 yards in a game um Tracy Ham has uh it's just several of those um right so uh and then he um yeah well on pace to break that record which is you know right around 1800 yards for the season um with uh yeah with 367 yards in the first game so um Look good, definitely got better as the game went on, which is what you want to see um, out of uh, certainly your quarterback, but but the entire offense. Um, and uh, yeah, Cody. I mean, I, I guess I guess from here, let's jump to uh, just kind of maybe like wide receivers of of performances. So you know, a, a guy that um, stood out to me was Sam Kenderson. Yes. Um, right. Uh, <clears throat> you're you're talking about a guy that um was a quarterback last year played some running back um and transitioning to that slot wide receiver uh position and uh led uh ended up having you know a um a fantastic first game seven receptions 99 yards um 14.1 average um and yeah i mean it seemed like he he was catching everything that was thrown to him whether it was you know behind um catching it in stride um and we know how dynamic of a playmaker we know about his speed um i think what we just didn't know with that transition was how long was that transition going to take right um and uh what are the hands like you know is he going to be able to catch the football um uh, you know especially in space and then be able to had some preview of that whenever during the spring game how good his hands can be he made some a catch or two i believe that was pretty good um he had a fantastic game that's the beauty of this offense when it comes to receivers if you think that you can just double team jeremy singleton and uh put one man on amari jones and have safety cover over the top and you're gonna stop the offense well that's just crazy talk i mean we got seven eight nine ten other guys that we can beat you with so if you think you can focus on just one or two, well, we'll go to Sam Kenderson. He, he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll put up 100 yards in a game. We'll go to Bo Johnson. He's he's lethal. We'll go to Derwin Burgess. You know, he'll he'll score a touchdown. We'll go to O.J. Arnold catching yes. a deflection for a touchdown. Exactly. Right? Uh, yeah, 10, 10 Georgia Southern wide receiver, or 10 Georgia Southern players, I should say, um, uh, caught at least one ball in this yeah. one, right? Uh, O.J. Arnold so. was, was one for four with a touchdown off the deflection. Um, Caleb Hood had 88 yards on six catches. Singleton, who, uh, you know, we um, definitely had high praise for and, and have high expectations for, I, th- I think definitely uh, – um, met those uh, expectations, you know, five receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yes, so. and a very difficult touchdown catch, too. It was very, that was a great play. Um, yep. But that's, in, in the offense itself, too, just to kind of quickly go back to it, it wasn't, they didn't really open it up, to be honest with you. The run plays were very up the middle, not nothing special. Um, and a lot of the passing plays, it was just nothing crazy over the top. Um, they executed it very well. Um, and, and going back to like the first two drives being pretty stagnant to like everything else being looking really good. Um, do you think that factored into it? Do you think we opened it up more? Or do you think it's literally what we, what no, we just said? I think of, there of was, like, I think it was just shooters. And I think too, that the, they didn't know what Morgan state was really going to bring to the table, right? They had just gone through their own coaching change, that happened in, in June. June. Yeah. And yeah. not only that, but they brought in a lot of transfers. Like their quarterback was from Western Kentucky. Um, yep. I think they had a couple of P try five transfers on defense. Um, they yeah, were the, the pick six uh, was from Ole Miss or LSU, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. So they, you know, that was not the same team that they put on the field last year. Uh, and so they didn't quite really know what to expect. And I think, I what was it? It was a Coach Shelton or somebody had mentioned in one of the post-game interviews that they were surprised by, I think it was like a single high 
safety defense that they were thrown at them. So I think they probably just didn't know really what to expect, right? So if you're prepared for, yeah. let's just say, defense A, and they throw something else at you that they, you're not prepared for, well, you're going to have to change it on the fly. And I think that's kind of probably what happened had to do as, as well, is that they had a, they weren't didn't know what was to expect. They finally saw it, and it wasn't what they thought. Then they had to go back and, and kind of rearrange their plans, and voila, you saw what happens. Sure. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so five, 504 total yards um, of offense, which I think, you know, that was probably the the, the plan, um, you know, from uh, just hearing Ellis all offseason. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, certainly not, not a balance with passing rushing, but, um, you know, again, with – Looking at the the run game, 137 yards um, on 32 rushing attempts. We had, uh, you know, compared to 367 passing on 46 attempts. Um, pretty pretty balanced there, right? So uh, we talked about the pass game. Let's talk about the run game for a second. Um, what did you kind of see there, Cody? That uh, is promising moving moving it was forward. Effective. Um, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't big playmaking, at least not in this game, but it was effective for what they wanted to do, which yeah. it got you three, four yards. It shortened the change and it put you in second and six or third and four, or whatever the situation was. And, and you were able to get a easy first down. I mean, I think the first third down conversions were like 11 for 17. Um, yeah. Probably, <clears throat> sorry, the best um, third down conversion game that we've had in probably a good five, six years. Um, and, Here's the other thing, too. It was very effective in the red zone. I think we had four or five rushing touchdowns. I think we had four rushing touchdowns. Very effective in the red zone. It made it to where you didn't feel like you have to pass the ball when when the field gets closed in on you when you're in the red zone. And to have that, to see that, that was great. Fantastic. So, you know, it's not what we're used to with the big, long runs and – and the huge gashing plays like like we hope or like we are expecting to see. But it was effective for the offense. It kept the ball moving. It opened up the passing game, which is what you want. And then when you get yep. down in the red zone and the field shortened, you didn't feel like you had to force a ball or force a throw. You could just run it in and, you know, there you go. You score your touchdown. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah, I guess last point on the offense, then we'll turn to defense. But um, <clears throat> we chatted briefly about this right before we started recording, Cody. And, you know, I think, you know, uh, there was a lot of question marks. People weren't quite sure what we were going to see um, uh, with the offense. But I think the the term that comes to mind, right, is it was fun. It, it was fun. It was entertaining yes. to watch. Um, that's not to say that triple option football can't be fun or run heavy football running the ball 50 times a game uh, can't be fun. We certainly saw that in 2014 and 2015, right? Watching Brita just run up and down, cross over horizontal yep. <laughs> everywhere, um, all over the field. Um, that was fun and certainly entertaining. Um, but this offense, you know, it, it is fun. I mean, throwing the football is fun. Um, obviously scoring 59 points is fun. Um, but, uh, just seeing, you know, 10 different guys catch the football, seeing a still eclipse, you know, well over a hundred yards on the ground. Um, which, I mean, we had some games last year where we didn't even do that with a run, (laughs) run based offense. Um, and then, uh, just spreading the ball around. I think, you know, uh, with, with, um, the most recent Georgia Southern offense, whatever you want to, uh, put a label, on it right um it with like you know the the gun option it's um like two three yards in a cloud of dust um you're not really getting to the outside i mean you would have some kind of perimeter plays um and and have pitches and whatnot uh but you know it it you just weren't spreading the ball out like we saw um, on Saturday against Morgan state. And I mean, every blade of grass was, was touched. Right. Uh, And, and, and you saw so many different playmakers um, touch the football. Um, And that to me is what, is most entertaining, right? Seeing great quarterback play, but seeing just like all of the great playmakers that we have, that we know we have um, <clears throat> on the roster showcase their talent. Yeah. That um, was, so yeah, that was great. And, and it, it was, it was fun to watch. It was entertaining to watch. Um, and I think just to kind of reiterate, this is a sideline to sideline offense. If yeah. you, they force the defense to have to cover every inch of that field, 
you know, which is different from what we've seen the previous two, three, five years where it felt like if you just stacked the box, you were going to shut us down. You can't do that with us now. You can't, uh, you know, if you drop eight back, we can run the ball on you. If you stack the box, we'll throw it around. This is a, then our offense is going to stumble. But if we do, I don't know if a defense is going to yeah, stop us. for sure. So um, let's switch quick to defense because we, we definitely need to give them a shout-out, right? Didn't allow any points um, in this one. Obviously, the the seven from Morgan State was on the pick six um, <clears throat> in the first half. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just thoughts on Will Harris's first game um, as defensive coordinator, Cody. I mean, uh, they, you know, 250 total yards allowed, um, only 78 through the air, 172 um, on the ground. I think, you know, uh, not to um, spoil my takeaway, but I, I think that would be like the the bad mark, right? Um, of of there were some runs that maybe shouldn't have happened. There were some missed tackles, but overall, um, great defensive uh, performance. Yeah, for the most part, it was a great defensive performance. Um, he, he um, Coach Ayers, props to him. This is his first game calling plays, probably, and he did a fantastic job. I thought. Um, there are some things when they go back and look at the tape in which angles. Yeah. Uh, bad angles were taken at certain players. Um, but as you said, they didn't give up a point. I don't even know if they get past the 30 yard line, to be honest with you. Um, and I, they, every FCS team, regardless of how bad or how good they are, will always have one player on it. That is going to be very good. And for this team, that running back that they have, he's a phenomenal player. Um, I think of the 250 yards that you mentioned, he had 135 of them. So he had over half between his receiving and, and rushing. I'm actually surprised Morgan State didn't go to him like almost on every play. But, um, I, I mean, the defense did what it needed to do. They kind of the offense. It took them a series or two to kind of get it, you know, their feet under them. Once when they did, it was pretty much shut down, especially after yeah, halftime. After halftime, it was outside of that. Out, yeah. After that, yeah, after that third and 24, I mean, really, they, they had like two plays back-to-back. That third and 24 conversion, which um, shouldn't have happened. Um, and then, like, the next play, they gave up, like, another, like, first down. But after, I mean, those were really the only two bad plays I can remember in the second half for that defense. Outside of that, they were yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it was, phenomenal. it was that second drive of the game um, for, for Morgan State where that, that was their longest of the day. Ten plays, 54 yards, but then, you know, they had some penalties that backed them up. Um, we got, uh, you know, a sack. <clears throat> so that, that to me was um, – probably like one of the highlights I would say <clears throat> defensive wise, because that was, you know, the, the first, I guess, like test right for, for the defense where um, our yeah. offense hadn't yet got it clicking. Um, we, you know, had two uh, straight, um, uh, not three and outs, but two straight punts. Um, and then uh, they get past the 50, you know, uh, I think only time in the game that they would get past the 50, um, start looking like they're going to get in field goal range. Um, then, yeah, with that string of penalties, getting the, um, the the sack there, tackle for loss. And then, um, yeah, that that to me, like how are they going to respond kind of in, in that position when uh, things aren't going great um you know across the board um and then yeah and then that yeah. ended up being really the only threat of the game um for uh for morgan state so yeah so i think defense wise i mean i thought they played well i mean I, what four turnovers no points i mean you can't ask much more than that regardless who yeah. the opponent is but um we'll see how they respond against nebraska it's one thing to do it against morgan state how are they going to do on the road in a tough environment against a team that, to me, has a lot to prove? A lot sure. to prove. Um, so before we turn to Nebraska, Cody, is there anything else that you want to touch on with uh, Morgan State or just the game, just the first game in general? Uh, not as far as the game itself. Um, I think, like I said, I think this is a good first game. I still stand by our analysis previous to this that this is what we expected. But that it doesn't mean that we're quote unquote back or that we're gonna win the the conference or anything like that. Um, we'll see who we are in these next two to three weeks, um, and then after uh, out of conference play, then I think you and I can sit here and say, okay, what realistically are we gonna do in conference? Um, but this is a great first step, and to be honest with you, this is what should be expected when we play these FCS teams. We beat FCS teams when we were an FCS team. Yeah. 
by this margin or not more. So this, this, you know, as much as it's great to watch, this is to me just the norm. So, you know, as fans, coach, player, whatever, this is, this is who we are. This is, this is not, let's, let's pat ourselves on the back. This is, this is for standard sure. here is that we beat teams like this by 50 plus points. And then we go on to the next opponent. For sure. I mean, you know, I, I think we definitely should, um, put the disclaimer there that I would say out of, you know, the last couple years in the Chad Lunsford era where we have struggled with these FCS opponents, this is, uh, this Morgan state team was probably the worst of that group. Um, it's probably the worst FCS opponent that we've played, um, since 2016, um, in Tyson summer's first year where we beat Savannah state, which of course now division two, but FCS back then, um, 54 to nothing. Right. Um, so Cody, I, I, I want to take a, take a minute to kind of, talk about that um because yeah i mean Gardner webb definitely not not a great fcs foe uh campbell you know improving um certainly better than savannah state and and, and morgan state um but yeah we wanted the dominant performance but i mentioned that savannah state game because you've mentioned it several times on this podcast and and even more than i can count with just our, our conversations through the years um of course we all know um how the tyson summers era um ended um but that is how it began uh with a 54 to nothing win over savannah state and i remember uh you know talking uh, back of of like uh optimism and like don't hit the panic button um that wasn't the case back then for you right you watched that game no um you know live and then went back and, and, and rewatched it and had the same thought of like, I don't care that we uh, won 54 to nothing and shut them out. Um, we're in trouble. Uh, so I guess my question well, for we you, we, we did, that. we did. As well we, as yeah. a lot of people. So, so I get, I guess like, what is the difference? What is the difference between the 50, uh, you know, uh, probably similar opponent, uh, obviously Savannah state is greatly improved now, um, that they're, yeah. uh, you know, uh, got string of new coaches and, um, now in division two, but back then, I mean, one of the worst teams in the country, Morgan state, no, one of the worst teams. No, in, well, right now right, they're uh, bad too. because of the coaching change, but, um, yeah. So, but yeah. anyway, 2016 Savannah state, 2022 uh, Morgan State Bears, pretty close, I'd say. Right? Um, I would say I, here's if you're if we're comparing those two teams, I would I would give the edge to Morgan State just because I think they have the better coaching. I think that coaching staff they have is a is a is I think have a great head coach. I think their coaching staff overall is yep. is really good. It's still gonna take them some time to get where they want to get, but. I think they're going to get there. I think they're going to sure. be competitive. It may not happen this year. They may finish 0-11, 1-10, 2-9, but to me they should be a much more competitive team throughout the season. Um, if I remember correctly about that Savannah State game in 2016, I think we had like 14 or 15 penalties throughout that game. This game we had three. I saw a team that was confident we had who eight. they were. We had eight for 15. I saw we had okay okay so um i thought we had more than that i don't know what i was thinking we had two turnovers i just felt like in this we had one but that was on a yep. hit and to be honest he yep. made the right read it's just but this team just the team on saturday just it was a well-oiled machine i mean it, it just looked like they knew what they were doing they knew what the goal they knew what the objectives were and they executed it, and it it just looked smooth. And it, and again, you know, take out the first, really take out the first drive, and after that, they moved the ball down the field, and they kind of moved how they yeah. wanted to. Um, that twenty sixteen, it was it was not. So we had we had six hundred and five. So so we had a uh, hundred more yards um, of of offense in that one. But it wasn't it, dominant. I felt like four hundred and twenty was, was on I the did, ground. But, Only one hundred and eighty-five was through the air. Um, and of course, we know you know we we tried to shift back more run um, in uh, twenty seventeen, but in twenty sixteen um, we yeah. you know we had the co-offensive coordinators from Valdosta and um, uh, high school and, and Valdosta State. Um, and then yeah, yeah, it just it just didn't. I don't, it was just disjointed. I don't know. I, it's just. You could see it after that game, and really when they won the next two games, um, just winning just on talent alone. Because we know, like we knew, yeah. we knew that twenty yeah. uh, sixteen team was ultra talented, right? Um, and if Fritz had stayed, we that would have obviously been a very different season. Um, and you saw that uh, with. Um, 
if if I remember correctly, there were no explosive runs in that Savannah State game. Like I don't think Brita. In fact, I don't think Brita had an explosive run until that Ole Miss game. Uh, I think there were certain. I think there was Matt Brita actually did like have a great game. Which, uh, Ten carries, sixty-eight yards, um, in that one. So, um, in what Savannah State? And so a touchdown. See, he didn't break a hundred yeah. against Savannah State. Okay, so I think probably the right Marcus there. Marcus Godfrey like, was the it, leading rusher with one hundred and twenty-four yards in that one. I don't I remember. Don't know. Yeah. Wesley Fields was oh. Wesley Fields, and then Brita was eighty-seven and sixty-eight. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, but no, I I just I I felt like after watching that game that there was just something yep. off. Either it's just something just was not clicking, and um, and we were right. You know that this season kind of fell apart. But after Saturday's game, it it was different. That was they looked like everybody was on the same page. It looked like they were all pulling for each other. There, I don't know it. This has a potential to be a good season, and if things fall right, a great season. Yep. But we got to see the week and week improvement, and we got to see them stay focused. Like it's easy to get hyped up and and all about this about this one game. Can they refocus themselves for Nebraska? Can, Can they, they be prepared and ready be? on the road? On the road, yes. You know, yes. right? I mean that that was yeah. the uh, one of the key knocks on the Chad Lunsfrayer. Right of of that team yes. was night and day of how they performed um, inside Paulson versus on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that to me is is going to be a big key here. And of course, you you kick it off against you know maybe I mean you're you know your only Power Five opponent of the year. Maybe not your toughest opponent you'll see all year. Um, App State certainly looked really good. Um, you know Marshall. I, I know they played the FCS team too. Um, <clears throat> they they look dominant. Um, but yeah, so so maybe Nebraska. JMU. Yeah, exactly. JMU looked great against Middle Tennessee. Um, so uh, and then of course Old Dominion and had to give them a shout out for knocking off on, yeah. on Thursday night uh, Virginia Tech. So as expected. The, the Sun Belt as a whole, um, but certainly the East Division loaded. Um, we know that. Uh, I, I don't think anything changed, uh, certainly the negative way in that um, uh, analysis. Uh, maybe it's even better. I mean, Old Dominion was literally picked last. Um, you know, so, uh, and, yeah. and, and they knocked yeah. off Virginia Tech. So, um, so yeah, loaded East Division. Um, so maybe Nebraska is not even the second or third best team that we'll see this year um but it's still a good football team um it's going to be a crazy environment um and and yeah and that's how we kick off our our road schedule so um you know i guess with that let's transition to it so uh nebraska is their third game um right they, they uh, went to uh dublin ireland um and lost to uh northwestern there um in week zero uh then they returned home to lincoln uh where they beat <clears throat> north dakota um fcs opponent not north dakota state but north dakota um uh 38 to 17 um Certainly not a, a dominant performance. Uh, they did score, I believe, the last uh, three touchdowns of the game to, to, to pull away. Um, but, you know, this this was a um, 7-7 game at halftime. Um, and it was a 17-17 game with yep, four minutes in the third left quarter, I believe. Yep. in the third quarter. So, you know, certainly too close <laughs> for comfort for uh, that team and that fan base, right, that has been starved uh, for success. Uh, with um, trying to get uh, Nebraska on, on on the right track, and um, you know uh, certainly bringing um, bringing uh, Scott Frost back, right? Uh, um, great quarterback in, in his day and kind of the heyday of Nebraska. Um, and uh, yeah, so far they just haven't uh, had that success, right? They uh, I know last year probably they're the best year under the Scott Frost era, even though they won four games, I believe. Um, but they lost what six or seven by one score or less, right? Um, um, yeah, and, and yeah. uh, led the nation in, in that category of like close games, so um, so yeah, I mean, this this is a team that we know, you know, it's it's gonna be um. It's going to be super competitive. Um, they, you know, again, against North Dakota, uh, 437 yards total offense. Um, they uh, did more on the ground, uh, 244 yards um, versus 193 through the air. Um, and then same with North Dakota. North Dakota, uh, the passing game, I mean, they, they had 131 yards, but um, 175 on the ground. So, um, and then they ran the ball 33 times. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, 
Uh, yeah, Cody, I guess just give me kind of your initial analysis of, of Nebraska and really the, the first two weeks that we've been able to, um, to see them play. So we get to, to play probably the biggest soap opera yeah. in all college football, right? Like this whole Scott Frost thing is just, uh, just hanging on the edge of your seats, right? Is he going to get fired? Is he not? Is Mark Whipple, you know, helping him with his job? Is Mark Whipple undermining him to get his job? Who knows what's going on out there, right? Um, I will say this, the, even though they may have some, some drama inside the, the locker room or the, with the coaching staff, um, they have some athletes and they have some very good, talented offensive athletes. Um, one being Anthony Grant running back. He has, oh, I don't know, 189 yards rushing against North Dakota with two touchdowns. And he put up 101 yards rushing against Northwestern with two more touchdowns. Yeah, four, four total, 290 for the year so far, so. <clears throat> yeah, he's going to touch the ball. He is going to run it down us, and he is probably going to score at least one touchdown. Um, I think this is going to be the challenge for Coach Harris on defense is how do you stop their rushing attack, right? Like we kind of, you know, we saw a decent FCS rusher pretty much just run up and down at least certain like you drives said the angles some missed tackles game. like that cannot, yeah. that stuff can't happen so and again i don't know if that's because we just didn't really know what they were going to run so we're just kind of out of position you know, and yeah. doing it on the fly yeah um and things may be a little bit different since you know obviously we have two weeks of tape on nebraska and we kind of can get a better understanding of what they're going to do uh still this is a very talented team very talented offensive line they have a transfer quarterback from texas um, who is talented, uh, and, and, you know, he's a threat as well. So if you think you can just load up and stop the run, he will throw it on us. They have talented receivers um, that can go up and catch the ball. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how we approach this. I think what our key is, at least our defense, is to get Nebraska off the field. Don't let them have this huge advantage when it comes to time of possession. Yep. Don't let them eat up the clock for six, seven, eight minutes. Get them off the field. Let our offense go do its thing, and and then go back at it. If if Nebraska eats up the clock, that takes possessions away from our offense, and that forces our offense to have to actually score touchdowns every time they touch the ball. Get them off the field, and let you know put the pressure on our offense to go out there yeah, and score points. For sure. So I mean, you mentioned their quarterback Casey Thompson, um, transfer from Texas, right? I believe. Um, and, yeah, uh, you know, so he's, uh, turnover prone, right? I mean, he, he was at, he was at Texas as well. Um, but you've, you know, he was, uh, he's 39 for 63 on the year through two games, 548 yards, uh, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, and really Nebraska as a team, they've had, uh, five, uh, turnovers through two games, right? So, um, that, uh, you know, definitely, I think tips in our favor. I mean, uh, turnovers is going to be a huge part of this game for me. Um, you know, can, can we take care of the football, um, and play, and play, you know, mistake free or as close to it. Um, and then can our defense force those turnovers? Um, you know, they had, they had two, um, uh, a fumble and an interception against North Dakota. Um, and then the other three came against, uh, Northwestern and really swung that game, right? That was the difference in the game as it normally is when you turn the ball over, um, you know, uh, multiple times. So, uh, that to me, I think if, if, if they continue this trend of, of turning the ball over and we can, you know, force some of those with Will Harris's new scheme, I think, uh, this will be a close game or, or possibly even a game where we can build some separation, um, early on. And, uh, obviously, you know, everything you said comes into play there as well, uh, with the offense clicking, getting better again, as the game progresses, um, and certainly not turning the ball over ourselves, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the real, that's the thing that I think after two games from Nebraska really stands out to me is, you know, I know that was a knock on, on Thompson, their quarterback, uh, coming out of Texas, um, as well as just really the, the team is in, in general last year, um, you know, uh, having all those close games, um, turnovers were a big reason why they couldn't close those out. So, um, so yeah, Cody, I guess just thoughts on that. No, I think you're right. I think if you're looking for like keys to the game for us, um, offense has got to not turn the ball over like at all. 
zero turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles. Um, on top of that, start fast. At least score, you know, one touchdown within the first two series. Um, and then kind of go from there. The The problem is we cannot get down 14-17 nothing. Um, if you go back and watch the, the Western Kentucky game last year against Indiana, that's what happened with them. They got down, I think, 17-7 or 20-7 um, early on in that game, and they had to, you know, they came back and made it close, and they lost by two. But a big part of you know why they lost is because they allowed themselves to get down so big so early. Um, keep it close. That's where the defense comes in. You know, if the offense is clicking or if they give up a turnover, stop, focus, reset, and don't allow Nebraska to score. At least keep it within a score until our offense can get going. And once it does, then we should hopefully be able to take the yep. ball game over. But that's a lot easier said than done, sure. right? I mean, Nebraska has talented players. They're in Big Ten school. They're going to have good recruits. They're going to have good players. Um, so it's not going to just be a walk in the park for us. Um, but as you said, this is this is a, a huge um, opportunity, I think really a, a way to see where a football team for is sure. at right now. On the road, big test. If they come out and play well and they keep it close and – pull it off then man i think you're gonna see the excitement for this program just go through the roof um but uh regardless of how this game turns out you still have 10 games left and this does not make or break our season one way or the other if we come out and play bad so what you got uab next week focus on that if you come out and beat them again really so what you got uab the next week you gotta focus on them so I think that's the main thing to to keep in mind is that this game, no matter which way it goes, whether we beat them, they beat us, it does not determine really the the forecast of our season. So go out there and play loose, play hard, play fast. Um, But keep in mind that if you do want to win this game, don't turn the ball over, start off quick. In defense, you've got to keep your offense close until they can they can keep it until they can get their wheels going and start putting points on the board. I agree, right? That that that's going to be the key, and I think you know we're not going to have the luxury um, that we had against Morgan State, right? Faye, I mean, that's certainly going to be the worst opponent that we play all year. Um, and like I said, even after Nebraska, it probably gets even harder week to week um, once we get going with with some about uh, conference play. Uh, so yeah, not turning the ball over, but um, also not needing you know a series or two to get things clicking um so yeah i I think first quarter is going to be like a key uh to the game for me um uh, like uh, if if we can even even come down first drive and get a field goal add a touchdown a little bit later on um i think that's going to help it will take pressure off the defense um but yeah just establish ourselves early um where you know not play from behind we of course don't know how we'll respond when that day comes um but hopefully we uh, don't see that against Nebraska, right? Uh, we find that out yeah. later on. Because um, I agree, I mean, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, so if, if we can come in and, and kind of, um, you know, dampen that crowd uh, pretty early on, um, scoring on on the you know first first couple drives of the game, um, and then give us uh, some wiggle room, right, for defense to figure themselves out. Um, and then uh, you know if we do have some stall drives uh, there le- later on, um, we we you know add some padding. So um, <clears throat> that's that's definitely a key um, for me. Uh, talking about the atmosphere, of course, uh, Calvin Treese, um, you know, he knows the atmosphere very well. <laughs> just played there last year uh with buffalo um of course you know they did lose that game uh but i, I definitely think that's a benefit for us right that we that our starting quarterback um, already kind of knows uh not not just the atmosphere he's going into but the team he's playing um you know so um yeah just just kind of like their their defensive scheme and and what they like to show uh so i i think that will be um a huge uh benefit for us yeah, him playing there is going to be a huge, huge advantage. And he knows what to expect. He understands, you know, how the stadium looks, the crowd, the the noise. Um, you know, as you say, the saying goes, it's not his first rodeo. So, you know, I think he got his first game under his belt. He's going into a, a visiting stadium that he's at least been to once. Um I'm not predicting a win, but I think there's there's signs there that say that man we could pull this off. 
if things go like they can. There's signs that we, we should be favored. I think uh, possibly. <laughs> possibly. I, I know. I, I don't expect the lines to reflect that. And we're recording this too early before anything is dropped. Um, I, at least that I've seen. Um, but uh, mm, well, no. So I think it dropped like yesterday. The did line it? did. And it was it was 22. Um, now it's 21. Okay. So so yeah, we might see that continue to shrink. Um, but it's still obviously in Nebraska's favor. Um. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an attractive line. Um, I think, I mean, of course, we covered the 38 and a half against Morgan State. Um, I definitely think we cover in this game unless it like shrinks all the way down to, uh, you know, 10 or less. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, regardless of what Vegas is going to say, um, from what we've seen through two games in Nebraska of, of going back to what you said, you know, is Nebraska back? Or, you know, what is happening with Scott Frost? How hot is the seat? It's not looking great, right? Um, so, no. so, and uh, and of course, we just have very, very small sample size, you know, against the FCS opponent um, with, uh, yeah, first year under under Helton. But um, yeah, I mean, from like my, you know, uh, my uh, line, <laughs> I, I would say that that it's it's probably a lot closer. Still, might go slightly in Nebraska's favor, but I would say probably somewhere in that ten less. Like, I I see no reason why this won't be a very competitive game um throughout and 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 come down to the wire i think honestly it could it yeah. could as like i said it's going to come down to can we execute you know can the receivers block can fantries get the ball out quickly um can the offensive line hold up um you know can our defense get penetration can they stop the run you know if we can put all that stuff together then there's no doubt we can go in there and win uh you know, it's it's still a tall task. It's still a tall task for a completely new staff, really a new team. Um, they kind of they kind of pull all that so quickly together and, and pull it off. So, I the talent's there. I think the coaching's there. It's just can we do it? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it, definitely a good first two games uh, to kind of start the season with, because I mean, you get kind of your warm up, tune up, you know, against Morgan State. Then you get like your big, you know, a quote unquote money game. But it's against uh, certainly a, a it's a winnable game. Um, so I think it's a winnable yeah. game. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's I agree that this is going to be the best like eye test and analysis, uh, you know, so far certainly um, uh, to to how you know things are going to shake out come the end of the season. Um, but but yeah, I. I think, you know, we've talked about on this podcast of we've had a bad string of luck when it comes to these power five opponents, um, always catching them on like their best year, it seems right. And of course, these games are scheduled way out in advance. Um, so, you know, but Minnesota, we saw it obviously Clemson the year they win the national championship LSU with one of the best years ever in college football um, and catch yeah. them when, you know, no one really knew who uh, Joe Burrow was um, this to me is our most winnable power five opponent we've played in, in quite some time, possibly, uh, you know, as, as yeah, a probably FBS since, member. Yeah. Probably since 2015, Georgia. As, as far as like winnable, or, or, I, I would, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know how that game turned out, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I know Georgia didn't have the best year that year, but um, I wouldn't going into that. I don't think I was nearly as optimistic. Um, now Georgia tech, maybe the second time we played Georgia tech under Fritz. Yeah. Um, I would say was probably close to, to uh, how I um, kind of feel going into this one, but um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we, we just had a real bad string of luck there. Um, and, and this finally, you know, we're seeing old dominions knock off, you know, kind of middle of the pack, Virginia tech teams in the ACC. We're seeing, uh, app state go to the wire with North Carolina. Finally, we get a power five opponent that I think this is going to be a very, very competitive ball game. Um, so, uh, yeah, just looking forward to, to it, Cody, anything, uh, to wrap this one up. Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I think we hit all the main points. Um, I think this this will this will be a a huge insight to I think how the season goes. Um, it'll really I think tell us where we are as a program um, and how much either further we got to go to be good or how close we are to being great. So uh, this is to me the first kind of preview of what we're going to have. UAB will be certainly the next one and then hopefully by the time ball state gets in here we should hopefully get all the kinks worked out and probably put a good 
could whoop it on them and then be ready for conference play. Yeah, because a lot of eyes are going to be on this one, right? Like if, if yes, we win, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. eyes, like the, the conference will be kind of on notice. All, all the pundits will be like, oh, okay, well, maybe Georgia Southern can actually be something. Yes, it's Nebraska, but... Uh, well, yeah. see, that's a strange thing, too. Like I haven't seen anybody really talk about this game. No, yeah. So going into it, it's going to be like a blip on the radar, right? But yeah. if we come out and, and win, especially if it's not even close and, and we win by multiple scores and kind of dominate throughout yeah i think it's going to turn some heads um it's going to put the conference on notice the division on notice um and it's gonna you know make make some headlines and and certainly clay helton's name is going to be mentioned a lot i'm not saying that yeah. like you know yeah. it, it's it's like you, to your point earlier it's one game um but i i think it's a it's a high profile game if we were to win um right so like going into it no one really cares outside of Nebraska fans and Georgia Southern fans. If we come out with a victory, um, we're going to start getting some spotlight. So um, yeah. with that, Cody, looking forward to it. I will be in Nebraska, um, in Lincoln uh, for this one. Obviously just a, a, a fairly short drive, seven and a half hours from uh, where I live in Colorado. So looking forward to checking out that atmosphere. Um, obviously, you've never been uh, to the stadium. Um, actually, never even been to the state of Nebraska. So um, so <laughs> uh, drove through Kansas on the way, moving here, not Nebraska. So looking forward to that. Um, looking, uh, hopefully looking forward to seeing us uh, win in person. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so give me a shout out if you're going to be there as well, reach out, um, uh, follow us on Twitter. If you're not already follow us on Facebook, all, all the socials, um, at Gata talk podcast, uh, thanks always for listening. Tell your friends, tell any Georgia Southern fan, you know, about us, um, you know, and as, as we keep cranking out content, um, we definitely want to, uh, you know, we've seen this thing grow over the years and, and want to, uh, see it, uh, you know, continue to grow. Um, so if you know someone that, uh, will find this content um you know enjoyable uh please just uh spread the word um spread the love and uh cody with that we'll pick things up uh next week um so as always hail southern hail southern